podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So a friend of mine reckons he's going to make a fortune flying people around in his invisible aeroplane, but personally, I can't see it taking off. <laughs> I think my highlight of these jokes is Nate's grin afterwards when he waits to like not smile until we react and then he's like, yes. You know me, if, if, if it was just down to me telling these to my, like in a room I couldn't see anyone, I'd be laughing straight away, but I have to hold <laughs> that in. I liked it, Nate. I think. Good. You think? Yeah, I think, there's, some, I think there's, there's, there's enough doubt there that I'm not expecting a very high mark here. I feel like you delivered it well. Oh, thanks, I feel man. like you're imp- you're improving on your delivery. Should we say good. late? That's good. Maybe maybe but... we need maybe we need two rankings. One is the joke, <laughs> one is delivery. <laughs> Tune back in in 20 minutes, guys. <laughs> yeah. By the time we get agreement. to the end of this season, we'll have marks five, six, seven, eight marks. Any yeah. any types any types that's, that's the dream, isn't it? But come on, drum roll. Um, I'm going to give it a four. Oh. Okay. Because, Nate, you've made me belly laugh quite a few times on this podcast. And yeah, I, I just didn't I just didn't feel like this was a belly laugh one, but it was funny what it was. So I'm gonna be a bit harsher. In the weeks to come, Nate, I'm gonna be harsher. So, so what I you're saying that is that motivates mate, you. The previous brilliance of jokes has hurt this one, even though it was perfectly fine. I'll take I think that. so. Yeah, yeah, because you set the standard so high that um, you've just gotta push I'll everything that. higher. That's a compliment. Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Barretto, senior writer at F1.com. I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. I'm Nate Saunders, F1 writer at ESPN. I have a question to start the podcast, chaps. Okay. Now, take it away. Uh, Lawrence Barretto is known for many things, many things. One of those is his love of burgers. Now, are you wearing a T-shirt that says burgers on it? I am. You know, I can't. I actually can't see. Yeah, you are. What does it say underneath? Burgers for life. Burgers get you ripped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, wow. the, what's the story behind that shirt? Um, when I left my job at the BBC as part of my leaving presents, uh, this was one of the t-shirts um, that this was a t-shirt that they gave me as a gift, and it's from Almost Famous, which is a burger joint in manchester um it's one of my favorites because they serve a burger with pickled onion monster munch as a topping inside the burger um it's just the kind of place where you get really good dirty burgers and uh they just thought it would be hilarious to get me this because as you suggested at the start of this Meadows, i talk about burgers a lot <laughs> there was that t-shirt bought by the british taxpayers money is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> that's outrageous <laughs> It was purchased. By... <laughs> you said it was bought by the BBC. Last <laughs> suddenly, it was like, oh my god, maybe it is. I feel like I feel like my tax money is being wasted here. I've never doubted the license fee until now. So I saw you wearing that shirt. Uh, yeah, but hang on. Would you say that's money well spent? If that was the case, I would argue against that. <laughs> yes, yeah, as, as two people who have bought you a bad T-shirt ourselves before. Yeah, well, our own money. Yeah, it wasn't taxpayer money, which we've seen more than once. So for uh, well, not on the BBC. 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to have so to have it, some words with the relevant authorities here. Yeah. So for, for clarity first, I've worn that T-shirt on this podcast. So, you know, it's got good publicity, guys, and I'm very T-wear. thankful for that. And, and secondly, it was purchased by people who work for the BBC. I oh, suppose okay. they get, I suppose technically they get paid by the BBC and then technically. But then it's their money. Some of their so. salary is from the license fee and then they hand it over just for absolute You clarity. found yourself a loophole, haven't I you? I knew I would. I knew I would. I was just about to go and cancel my license fee <laughs> there and then. I was about to just cancel it straight up. Wow. Yeah, I was, I probably wouldn't do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun to make the threat, doesn't it? How's everyone? How are we all doing? Yeah, all right. It's a bit boring this, isn't it? Lockdown? I I say, don't say the podcast is boring, no, mate. Come on. Podcast is the highlight of the week. Apparently yeah. today there's some other event that's worth watching, but I think it's all about the podcast, really. Everyone everyone's on, on social media has been talking about today for a while, and I assume it was because we were going to be podcasting. It was that or was some it, guy swearing. Or was it because some guy didn't get a pardon? And there that, was a limo well, outside waiting for him as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, so I finally got what you were talking about. I assume Meadows was about to plug that Yova were playing or something, but he means the inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Nate. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I just usually when Meadows is like, there's a big thing happening, I'm like, it means either Yeovil or there's a cricket game on somewhere. Uh, you know, like Taunton are playing Dudley or something like that. I don't know. Do Dudley play cricket? <laughs> they should. I'm sure, they'd be very good. Well, uh, anyway. um, that can be your spin off. Other spin-off podcast is Dudley's Cricket Exploits. Dudley CCC. Sadly, there's none of the above at the moment. England don't play again till Friday. Yeovil are in COVID hibernation or whatever it is and haven't played a game in weeks. So, yeah, fun times. Mm. This so is all a big game. <clears throat> there's a big game tonight full of Manchester United. Yeah. Oh, guys, come on. No. <laughs> Nate looks like he's frozen. Meadows looks disgusted. I mean... Oh, come on, guys. You mentioned Yeovil. Yeah, that's but that's true. exciting for people, isn't it? Oh, right? Brutal, brutal. It's all, they, it's, all they t- it's all they talk about on the Autosport Live blog. <laughs> it's, it's Yeovil. Um, should we get to some F1 chat, guys? Yeah, now, I, you've made an error here, haven't you? Not made an error, but so... Barreto that could be has, one of many things. <laughs> yeah, Bretto's taken an idea and disappeared with it. Not run with it. He's, like, gone. So... We chatted on the last podcast about who would be your driver lineup if you could just pick anyone, but they had to be actual active drivers. And then we put it on Twitter and thought we'd get some responses in. And at the start of this podcast, before we hit record, Bretto's like, oh, I just realised you said active drivers. So he's had to change that. He's also mapped out a whole team. Mm-hmm. So I th- give us the titles of the people that you've already given roles to. So I've selected two, two drivers for my team. I've selected a team boss. I've selected a sporting director, a racing director, and a communications chief or communications director, if that's what they want to be called. I'm flexible in job titles. Wow. Um, I'm interested. Yeah, before we get onto the drivers, let's let's go through the team. Let's yeah, have the team. The team is a proper level of detail that yeah, that we don't have. So we're gonna we can laugh at this and then move on because I haven't so, planned that. So does this give you guys time to come up? with some extra team members no i am not do, risking do i get role. an a star for doing my homework properly no because this wasn't your homework oh. you get you're a kid like <laughs> you're the kid who goes miss i did all this extra and everyone else is like classic yeah. classic barretto and miss is going oh, great miss, you gave I me actually, more more to mark even though i yeah. didn't need to in fact i'm not going to mark it because i never asked for it 
Go I've got to smile and pretend that I like this kid doing this, but really, you know, that's just ruined her <laughs> evening. She had, she had a nice evening planned, date night. You've ruined date night for the teacher. <laughs> and she'll die alone and unhappy. Yeah, this saying. was it. This was it. Her, the, the man she's seeing was like, it's make or break tonight. If you can't make tonight, we're over. You'll break a heart on us. Anyway, please do tell us what was so important you had to do extra work for. Well, I'm pretty sure she could just not mark my homework and just do random ticks here and there. Well, that's okay. what we Give could do. Give me a smiley is... face at the end. Oh, that's what you want, isn't it? A gold star. Or a sticker. A gold star, that was it. <clears throat> okay, so my sporting director, it will be Yukio Katayama. The reasoning behind that is because when I was a kid, he was one of my favourite drivers. He was hilarious. So I think he'll be very, very entertaining in that role. He'll cause lots of like scenes during those team manager meetings. He'll be very expressive on the pit wall. Um, you'll just want to go and have a chat to him. So I thought, let's bring a fun element to that. My team boss is going to be myself because I think, well, it's my team. So it will be more fun to run it. And then there'll be more hilarity because I don't know how to run a racing team. And with that in mind, I've selected a racing director who I think does, but also can do all the things that I don't want to do, like bollock drivers when, you know, I don't like confrontation. And I've selected Gunter Steiner for that because he's very good at like shouting at people, um, breaking things, you know, that kind of thing. And then for my communications chief, I've picked Taki Nui. Oh, because yes. he's Because he's hilarious. Like he does, I think he's like the opposite of what a communications chief should be can you think of the branding and the pr that my team would get by his just utter madness just let him go and do whatever your team wants. would be chaotic as hell It'd i just know. be yeah there's, I don't a, lot know of, I there's a lot of chiefs it. there <laughs> a lot of chiefs there and that seems to always be a recipe for disaster well yes, like the way you've gone with but... some people that you think are going to really entertain you and you find hilarious <clears throat> and then steiner to keep you all in line <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. i mean it's gonna be carnage that's you should need to go to work and enjoy it, right? And so I'm definitely going to enjoy it. What would your team be called? Um, so when I was a kid, <clears throat> um, I came up with a team name, and I used to sketch like liveries. Like I used to, my dad prints out loads of like outlines of the same F1 car, and I could just like sketch or color in, um, like different liveries and get. And the team was called uh, Team BMW Barretto Bundy. What's the Bundy bit? Yeah. So, uh, Bundy... <laughs> oh, sounds like a weird homage to someone. Ted? <laughs> Please explain it quickly. Yeah, otherwise... yeah, you need to explain quickly because this oh, podcast oh, oh, is going to... We've been cut off <laughs> Okay, so Mrs. Bundy was a dinner lady at our school. Oh, okay, it's a dinner lady. Okay, that's fine. And, and, <laughs> and uh, she used to drive uh, like a purple and yellow car, and it was just hilarious. And I just found it funny. So you named your F one team after your dinner lady. <laughs> I mean, well, there was she... alliteration, so it sounded good, mm, right? True. BMW Barretto Bundy, and um, the purple yellow inspired some of the liveries that I I, I produced. Can you have you still got there any go. deliveries? I know. You guys are looking at me thinking, why are my friends with you? Have you still got any of the liveries? Yes. <clears throat> Can we see oh, nice. them? Yeah, um, let's put them on let's put them on social because it's not going to be a good uh, podcast experience, is it? No, no, but that's it. Good. I want to uh, yeah, I just want to I want you to send them around. Yeah, I feel are... like there's gonna be at least three or four that are golden. Like really, really good. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. I was pretty young when I was doing them, but 
Um, I can definitely get them out of the loft. And you weren't so young yes. enough to understand what alliteration was, though. So he clearly, he clearly <laughs> has some talent going on. Well, thanks, yes, Nate. Nate. Like, I'd like to think that you that I've got some talent, right? Some. Speak Maybe up, Nate. Not. This is a podcast. I was, not, I was nodding. Sorry, up. audio experience. <laughs> no one could see me nodding in agreement. Um, well, okay. Before, before you talk about your drivers, yeah, can we go for you guys? Well, I was going to go for the ones that we got sent in. Ooh, and then yeah, we'll see good. if anyone's actually called. So shout out in this game if anyone's picked the drivers that you'd have picked. Um, but we put this on the... Actually, I tweeted out. Um, but the pad hoc has been chasing all of these uh, replies all of the past 18 hours, apparently. Um, so asked for any two drivers that are active. So they can be in any category, but um, they can't have retired. Um, and asked who which pairing anyone's going to go for and why. So some people gave the explanation, some didn't. Uh, first one went straight in with Hamilton and Alonso together again. Ooh. Uh, saying they, this was Renault fan. Um, saying both have developed as drivers in the 13 years since they were teammates. And I'd love to see how they compare now and to see the tension. 2007 round two. Um, I think they'd get on better, see? So I don't think we would get that same tension. Because they've both evolved as characters, haven't they? And if anything, they've swapped rounds. So probably Lewis has the edge over Fernando in the way that it was the other way around in Maybe. terms of experience. I, I still, still think, think they'd, they'd be needle. Yeah. Just I because do. if they're going for the championship, I think naturally those two guys would want the best situation. And they don't have you always infinite time left to win each yeah, one. Especially Alonso. Like he's he's gonna get there and be like, I need a third title, whereas Lewis might be a bit more chilled out about it. Yeah. Because he's like, I've got, what, 400 or whatever he's got now? <laughs> um, next one up was simple, quick, easy one that said, how about we give Antonio Felix da Costa and Jev a go? Which, nice. like, two very talented drivers who've done well outside of F1 since not getting their shot. But I'm not sure I'd have picked them. That was uh, Tinker mm. Taylor's wanted them. Okay. Well, Tinker Taylor, you know, every every grid needs a back marker, so we can... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, they're both quick. They're that's just, quick, yeah, they're true. just not getting the light. Well, you know, no. You've got to aim high, and if that's your, you know, I like Jeff though. Yeah. Um, the next one, though, is the, it's the one. Um, it came in from Ben Hunt and said, easy. Nate Saunders for crashing into a multi story car park in Germany, and Chris <laughs> Medden for reverting into a barn. I've not been in the car with Lawrence Beretta. So, um, boom. I can't deny that. Uh, now we're going to get edgy. Uh, peak Formula One says Matsupin and whoever else, because then I could fire Matsupin. Um, so and, and or just don't hire, gift... or just don't hire Matsupin. It's easier. Well, there is that. Yeah, problem. publicly say that you're not hiring. Um, yeah. And then this one says uh, Hulk Hulkenberg, Hulk Hulkenberg, because that's his Twitter handle, Nico Hulkenberg, uh, and Max Verstappen. Yeah. That comes in from seventy nine, um, or RJO underscore seven nine. And says, no explanation needed. I want an explanation from RJO79 because yeah, you too. can pick any two active drivers. And as much as I like Hulkenberg and do rate him, he, he never even finished on the podium. Yeah, exactly. And that was the whole that was the whole point of him, wasn't it? Like he yeah. just never I, f- yeah. I feel like yeah. there's a there's others that but anyway, these are their lineups. I shouldn't be criticizing, but I'm gonna criticize. It's more fun this way. Um has it has anyone picked your lineups yet? No, not yet. No. Not, not even close. Okay. Uh, next not up, even close. Ooh. Next up comes from, I'm going to struggle with the names, I'm sorry, Marsban Amroliwala, uh, who says, 
Uh, Alonso, because he can drag any car to the front of the grid, and Leclerc, because he's fast. Good balance of experience to develop the car and take the team forward, and you can then still have a stable lineup for a couple of years. Like it. Well thought nice. out. I think That's there's good. a lot to be said about the whole balance thing, isn't there? Like, yeah. not just picking the two outright fastest necessarily, but 100%. trying to get see how they work together. Yeah. Uh, Alana Bordreau goes with one of those again, Leclerc and Russell. Uh, Long term okay. development potential, plus they're young, so got lots of their career left. Proven skill, fun, entertaining, great media, public personas, professional and likable and respected. Might get some on-track fireworks, but probably manageable. Which is, I like that. They've thought of all, all scenarios. Mm. Uh, Luke Smith wants me and uh, Christian Manat, <laughs> uh, which Nate might be able to give the reason for. Because those two guys, if they ever go karting during an F1 week, like it's all the two of them will talk about, like relentlessly. Like they'll, they'll, they'll be the other side of the paddock to each other and they'll just be like, oh, I'm going to shout at the other one about karting um well yeah, it's more specific, i think it's the specific example of where we nearly had a fight in Barcelona. yeah <laughs> i think i turned up i turned up either late or i'd missed one race and i came down no no that's it we all pulled into the pits and we all thought oh we've done a good lap and then i get out and Meadows and manatha like kind of having like a very passive aggressive argument where they're both debating something that happened and everyone else was like uh what what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and it just all got very, it was all very weird. And I think both of you agreed to disagree in the end, but it was, um, it was tense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt that like I got driven off the track by Manath that he completely, and he, he did put me off the track, but he claimed he didn't actually know I'd gone there. Um, and I couldn't believe that, but I mean, you know, if you haven't seen someone, then you haven't seen them. But then the, the corner later or two corners later it happened again. And I was already angry. So I kind of, pushed back basically so we he was sort of nudging me off the track and i hit him back onto it basically and the, you vettled him yeah, kind of yeah. sounds like an admission yeah. of guilt there Meadows, yeah well this is it so the guy what was funny was we got out and we had we're having this kind of like debate slash argument but it was it was more because we could like both of us were like i was incensed and like you definitely knew where i was like there's no way you didn't know you were like whacking me off the track but he insisted he didn't which is why he was so surprised that he'd suddenly been hit by me and the marshal guy came over and was like, um, oh, I saw it. And he's like, he said to um, Manat first, he's like, yeah, like you'd have got a penalty for that. That was bad. Um, and as I went, see, he went, no, and you'd have been disqualified for what you did next. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I did completely lose my rack. So um, yeah, that's that's why we'd be fireworks. But it's kind of like the passion. Do you passion. see what I mean, though? Meadows just stretched that story over about 90 seconds about a karting <laughs> race that three people, three other people took part in. Love it. Okay, I'll get back to the fans. I'm sorry, Nate. Uh, Edno says Matt's been in Tictum. I think going for Whoa. a proper shithousery there. Yeah. Um, love that. My concern with a few of these is do these guys want to win or do they just want to entertain? <laughs> Admittedly, I never, well, says Mr. Takino Enukio Katayama in his lineup. Well, hang on, his... hang on, hang on. You haven't heard my driver lineup yet, have well, you? True. We're, gonna, we're close there. We've got quite a few in. I'll try and rattle through some. In the gravel trap. Wants two Stoffel Van Dorns because they're not over him not being an F1. Um, Hush of Arden wants Sebastian Vettel and Fernando Alonso. Both great drivers, no doubt about that. They fight like crazy and doesn't give an inch for free. Uh, team with the right machinery could give Lewis or Verstappen a headache. Both are ruthless and we may see some wheel-to-wheel -wheel action on track. Maybe. Uh, uh, focused on J-Rod says Lewis and Seb will be the most obvious, most mentioned and most accurate response. I think he's the only, or she, is the only person to pick that lineup so yeah. it'd be the most, think, most mentioned but no like four years ago i'd have said that but now i think that's kind of just kind of done isn't he so 
Yeah. He's toast. Um, I'm going to, in fact, at this point, I'm going to ask for Nate because we still got quite a few to get through and you're hearing my voice a lot. But yeah, Nate, where's your lineup at? We'll see if anyone else has matched you. Okay. Well, you can probably guess one of my drivers because I've physically made money writing about him. Um, I picked Danny Rick um, yes. for a lot of reasons. I think it's not, it's not, a stretch to say that he's a race winner because he has won races and um, he's probably the, one of the most marketable guys on the grid. Um, I think McLaren have done a very good job signing him. Um, now, my second one, I was thinking, I was like, I could just go with Lewis. That would be the easy, boring option. Um, and until about 15 seconds ago, I was just going to say Lewis. And then I was like, I'm going to go for someone who drives an IndyCar because I want to be big in America, basically. <laughs> uh, and I've already got Ricardo, who's a Netflix superstar. So I was thinking, why not go for Joseph Newgarden or have him as reserve with Lewis as the main driver? I don't know which one to do. In fact, actually, no, I'm going to stop sitting on the fence. I'll go Newgarden and Ricardo. Ricardo's the lead driver. Um, what, and Lewis a... is your reserve? No, no, Lewis. <laughs> well, Lewis could retire in a couple of years. And plus, Saunders Racing isn't going to have that kind of money for Lewis, you know, as much as I love the guy. You know, we're just not going to have that, that kind of money. And there was a guy. Now, you guys need to remember this guy's first name because I can't. There was a guy when we were in Austin a couple of years ago in the for, the America's Formula 3 championship that supported the races there. And his surname was Carr. And he was a racing <laughs> driver called Carr. He would be my reserve driver. <laughs> I can't remember his first name either, but you're right. I do remember that. Yeah, because on the, on the three-letter thing, his name was Carr. And then yeah. on the actual full timing screen, we're like, oh, his name is actually just Carr. <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, short for, like, Carolina or, or you know, <laughs> yeah. Carthy or something. You know, it was actually just Carr. So if he's listening, if we find him, He'd be the reserve driver for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, I think Ricardo, Ricardo and Newgarden. Well, that... that is one hell of a lineup. Yeah, I'm banking on Newgarden being good in F1. I've argued with Lawrence Edmondson about how good Joseph Newgarden actually is. And I don't actually know, but he's clearly quick. And it's a shame he's never made it to F1. A shame with a bunch of those guys in IndyCar, really. It's a shame that they haven't just been able to organise a test, you know, kind of in the style that Rossi, Valentino Rossi got when he, you know, we kind of wanted to roughly see how quick he was. It would be great if like a team could offer up a car, like Mercedes offered up a car for Roman if he never gets back in, for example. So it's clearly feasible to do it. It would be just great to see how good he is. Yeah. And yeah, it, it does seem like it would be something that would benefit, especially smaller teams, if they gave like the IndyCar champion a run, you know, you get almost free headlines. On, well, it's not free because you paid for the test, but you get, you know, you get a lot of exposure for that, I guess. So it's a shame. And but yeah, so be that would be my line. Really interesting to find out. He probably doesn't listen, but Gavin Moore, who used to work for Red Bull, is now Joseph Newgarden's race engineer over in the US. And he could probably give a good judge on how good he thinks he is. Um, which would probably have to be positive because he works for him. But I imagine, like, <laughs> yeah. someone who's done F1 and then gone to IndyCar can kind of see uh, the strengths and stuff. But I like, yeah, I like what you've done there. Yeah. Chapeau. And, um, yeah. And <laughs> thank you. Um, there was it Chapeaux. I never know. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Chapeaux. Whenever I've seen that tweeted out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that would be Saunders Racing's lineup. Well, half of that is picked by Jan Hendrik Fiedler, who says Ricardo and Sainz. Both experienced nice. and versatile drivers, fun to work with and focused on getting a good result. Uh, then we've got a shout from Vibanashu Ranjan, who says uh, Alonso and Hulkenberg, because it almost happened and I can't believe, um, and I believe it can be a mega lineup. Uh, now, I like this from uh, Twitter, like handles, a, a night- nightmare sometimes. Schnitzel Wiko uh, <laughs> says nice. they'd go for Nick Cassidy and either Yuki Tsunoda or Rinus VK. Uh, because then it would be allegedly fairly low wages while still having oh, potential okay. fan favourites. 
Cassidy's a great all-rounder with tremendous speed and adaptivity. Sonoda and VK both absolutely having the raw speed and bombastic potential. And I like that. And Schnitzel Wico has a profile picture of a cat. So, um, And you call them Nick Cassidy and the Sonoda kid? I, as soon as you said Cassidy, Meadows, I could see Nate's face going, shall I? Shall I? How can I? <laughs> On this pod, I mean, always should. Yes. Yeah, always should. And I'm glad I did. No, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad you did too. <laughs> we've, got, um, we've got another IndyCar shout, though, following up from your Joseph Newgarden, but it's not Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Freddie Coates says uh, his lineup changes daily, but today it's Scott Dixon and Charles Leclerc. Oh, yeah, Scott Dixon. I don't know enough about IndyCar, but I would love to see how good Scott Dixon is. And the best thing about this shout, to be fair, um, Freddie says, Dixon can only get better. I think he'll still be getting better and faster when he's 70. And (laughs) and the clerk has proven he can be um, as quick as anything. Pace for days. Quick story about Scott Dixon. I spent the first 15 laps of the 2017 Indy 500 on his pit wall with his team. Emma Dixon was sat right next to me. And as soon as I spoke with an English accent, she was like, oh, Hey, how you doing? Like, because obviously there's so many Americans there. And then as soon as I left and I walked down and I went to McLaren, I spoke to Sylvia and I was walking away from Sylvia, who used to work at McLaren, um, for anyone listening. Um, And as soon as I walked away, there was a massive, like, it sounded like a bang and everyone, you could hear everyone exhaling. And I got back to the media center and Scott Dixon had that enormous crash. So I'd I'd literally left and I was like, oh my word, like, because, you know, everyone assumes the worst when you see a crash like that. So... Like and I'd spent time with his race engineer and I'd been taught like the guys at Chip Ganassi had just been amazing. And so like I was thinking that would be crazy if something had happened and I'd been right, you know, right down there just before it all happened. It felt like I left and literally like the next couple laps. Um so, so, was, so you so just missed a huge story. Yeah. And, and is then that the same later, year that you that you yeah. just missed all the signs that Max Chilton was yeah. gonna win the race. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you this, Barreto, but I'm gonna share it quickly while we've got time and then we'll quickly rush through uh, the rest. But basically there were a bunch of signs that Max Chilton in the lead up to that, because obviously I went to cover Alonso. There were a bunch <laughs> of things I went to where Chilton was there and he was talking about how, how good he felt, how he you know hadn't felt as confident going into a race ever as he did then. And I was kind of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah cool, cool, cool. Cause it was Chilton as well. And you just, in F1, it was like the guy's always at the back of the grid. And I really like Max Chilton, lovely guy, but I just thought, okay, but he's obviously going to say that he's a racing driver. And even in the, the media preview on the Thursday, I was speaking to Chilton and then I had to run away from his interview. I was like, I'm sorry, Max, but Fernando's just turned up and I've got to get some stuff. And he was, it was just me and him, like this one-on-one and he was getting into some really nice stuff about, you know, his preparations and like all the stuff you'd put into a really nice color piece about a guy winning a race. And I just kind of left him. I was like, look, sorry, I've got to get Alonso, get to the front of that pack, um, which I did. And then in the race, obviously Chilton led for 50 laps. And I was thinking, this story has been right in front of me. Like I've literally missed about seven different opportunities. This is like, I could have had like the whole backstory here. Like I'd even had a tour of his garage, or not his garage, his, um, like the motorhome. I'd seen his, wow. his helmet. They'd talked to me. He had like the, the trophy on the side of his helmet. The guy who'd made the helmet talked to me and I had it all recorded. I just hadn't transcribed any of it. And I was thinking, this is literally like a career piece here. So I started writing like how I missed all the signs that Max Chilton was going to win the Indy 500. Like I actually started, like, I was like, this is what, this is going to be like the piece I file. And then, and then he dropped out of the lead. I was like, ah, oh, so I can't even write that piece either. But um, yeah, so it was a good, a good lesson to anyone. Don't write out anyone, including Max Chilton. A very good lesson. And in the end, the highlight of the whole week for Nate was the moment with Emma Dixon. Uh, speaking of, uh, <laughs> Alex Davey goes for Scott Dixon and Ollie Turvey for his lineup. Uh, and then, is it snowing? Says Jensen Button and Juan Pablo Montoya. I'm liking some of these. 
Uh, just rocks says Max and Lewis. So the debate about whether it's the car or Lewis and whether Max is as good as we think he is can be funny answered. Uh, plus, I really want to see how scared of Max Lewis really is. Uh, Johannes Meller says Felix da Costa and Nick Cassidy. He's back. Come up with another gag, Nate. Um, Petter Tanberg. I like this. Norris and Pagano, just for the fun of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Indy, the esports beef. Yeah. Um, and we're nearly there before we hit, hit Barretto's. Uh, my name is Tom, says, uh, I'm giving myself a few more limits. They must have been very successful, but always seemed like a bit of a wild card option. How about Sebastian Loeb and Valentino Rossi? Ooh. Both, both mm, had a good nice. chance at F1, but didn't get further than a few tests. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Um, someone else goes with, uh, Jeff Ballard goes with Verstappen and Perez. Red Bull finally has the second driver they've needed since Danny Rick left. They're going to win the Constructors title. Fair. Uh, someone else says Carlos uh, Lucio says Carlos and Sainz. <laughs> uh, now I like this one. Ask Jamo, and when your surname is Jamo, I'm imagining you are from Down Under. And they've gone for Danny Rick and Scott Dixon. Make it a Down Under thing. Both having the same racing skills and a stand-up guys, which is true. Yeah. Uh, I think there's four left. Uh, Matthew McAvelli picks Max Verstappen because he rings every little bit out of the car, and Lando Norris because of the levels of consistency he provides. Mm-hmm. Is that our first trout for Norris? I think so, yeah. Uh, Will FP1 says Alessio Deleda and Mahiva Raganathan because what pairing would be better? Yeah. Um, says Batman. Jamie Chadwick and Colton Herter. We might not win, but it would be historical and fun. Not to mention the sponsorship and marketing opportunities. Uh, there was an American and a woman. I may be biased here, but I like it. It's a USP. It's mm-hmm. like breaking down some barriers. I'm all over that. And then the last one comes in from um, someone who's like username thing just says V. Uh, Albon and Russell for the reason of George. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I like it. Right. Now I've raced importantly, through those. Importantly, yeah, I was going to say, you need to race through these because we, we need to hear from both of you guys, your drivers. Well, yeah. I, I'm going to quickly bore you all because mine was um, Lewis and Daniel. As you were saying it earlier, and I was like, oh, great. Wow. But I think they are the best pairing available that would work together and wouldn't cause you massive headaches. Yeah. Um, and are both massively marketable. It was why I was leaning to it to begin with, but I just thought I might as well throw throw a new guard and a you know bit of love. I mean, I'd, um, so I'd have I'd have had Cassidy and Dixon if I wasn't allowed F one drivers, um, but because I am, I'm going with Hamilton and Ricardo. Also, then because you're guaranteed to know that they are going to be quick in an F one car. Um, but I know that's boring, but I don't have to explain anymore because you've heard my voice enough. Barreto, go. I've gone Shoot. for neither of those. I've gone for Juan Pablo Montoya. So I think he came up a couple of times in the, in, in those, yeah. uh, in the lifts that the fans gave. Um, and Sebastian Vettel, because I think I've talked a little bit about this in the past. Um, so the, the idea behind this is I think Montoya is just incredibly quick. I know he's probably not as quick as he was right now at this moment in time, but I think he was just incredibly quick and he should have just done much better in Formula One. He should have won more things. Mm. Um, and then, so I think it's useful to have that in one car. And then I think in the other car, you want someone who can drive the team forward. When you put your arm around them, they can be incredibly successful. So I think Sebastian is, is that one. The thing with um, Montoya that's crazy, if you actually think about it, is that he, his F1 career spanned the Schumacher domination, didn't it? And then he left. And then that ended straight after he left. So I've always thought if he'd stayed and even just stayed with a front running team, he might have been in a situation where he won races in a championship. But his problem was always that he was like the second best guy or the third best guy and Schumacher was just winning. And they left in 2006, right? Midway through that year. And then obviously that basically allowed Lewis to come at the end of the season to McLaren. So it opened that all up. But, you know, Montoya, that could have easily been 
been him. So yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a good shout. And then we get to see a guy in like really like massive baggy overalls again. I saw him at, <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah. him at Le Mans and he just walks around like a bit like Villeneuve, you know, now he's just got like, like, dude, you know, you can get like smaller overalls for yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he just doesn't seem to, which I love. Now, what I like about this though, that we've done is that there's hardly any duplicate pairings here. Mm. I've just scrolled mm. through. Um, Alonso gets a fair few shouts. Um, Lewis gets fewer than I thought. There's only about three shouts. I reckon. Lewis. I reckon people, and I'm not. This isn't me disparaging what you said because I almost said it. But I think a lot of people probably know Lewis would be a great shout, but they've tried to mix it up with something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but Verstappen is in loads. I think Max gets the most shouts. I think the non-F1 driver to get the most is probably just Scott Dixon um, yeah. ahead of Nick yeah, Cassidy. I was going to say Nick Cassidy surprisingly was in quite a lot. He's um, a talented guy. That's Josh Cruz. Big fan of Nick Cassidy. Yeah. Um, well, he needs to. He needs to get a sponsorship with something Sundance related. Yeah. Doesn't he? Sundance <laughs> Festival. Yeah. Like you know. So if Nick Cassidy's team are listening to this, Nick Cassidy is the Sundance kid. Would be a great way to market him going forward. I've only just thought about it. I'm sure he has as well. Is that or his teammate needs yeah. to be sponsored by the Sundance Festival? Because then the pairing is Nick Cassidy and, and the, the Sundance, Sundance kid. kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's a great. That's what a what a way to end this podcast. Yeah. On that revelation. Look, that look, look, look! What we've discovered for you. Yeah. This is some fine work, guys. You should maybe go into this business. No. Can I be marketing chief for the Bundy <laughs> Bundy F one or whatever they're called? Yes, I. <laughs> would you mean whatever they're called? Sorry, Beretta, you're BMW. Have, if you're Beretta marketing Bundy. chief, you're going to have to learn the name of the team. Yeah. Well, we're not going to name it Bundy. <laughs> we're going to have to change the name. <laughs> okay. That's just. All right. You're hired. That's good. <laughs> good. Okay. <laughs> What can I do? Uh, uh, what would you like to do? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> logistics. You would say logistics uh, manager. No, mm. boring. No, no yeah. I want Medus to be the. He can be the voice artist for all of our videos. So there's always like. I'll be Medis your social media exec, social okay. media guy, and voiceover man. Oh, because I get to work with Taki then, and okay, I can see perfect. how hard it actually is. Because apparently it's very difficult as a job. So. I'll make you a can be of it. my social media director. There you go, director, because it sounds good, doesn't it? Oh, guru. Guru. Um, chaps, thanks very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thanks to everyone who's listening. Please do remember to hit subscribe and follow us on our social channels. You can read my, my stuff on f1.com, Nate's stuff on ESPN.com, and Meadows' stuff on Racer.com. Let's do this again sometime. Bye. Bye. See ya. Network.